The sermon, preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on January 18, 2015, based on John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The Holy Gospel is recorded in John chapter 1, beginning with the 43rd verse. Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael to follow him. These words will also serve as the sermon text. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus is the Gospel from John chapter 1. Please listen to the first verse once again. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The basketball players were so eager as the season began. The first several games were filled with fun and excitement. But as the season wore on, the joy diminished. The stress of juggling homework, friends, family, and practice built up. They even began to question whether it was really worth it all, especially on those days that they lost the game. Oh, they still did their best and tried hard. But the joy wasn't the same. And when the season finally ended, they were ready for a break. So many things in this earthly life lose their luster after the initial excitement. And even our Christian life can feel dull and routine. How can we recapture that joy, that genuine joy in Jesus? When we look at the text here today, we see that joy, don't we? We see that joy in both Philip and Nathaniel as they meet Jesus. 
Philip can't keep quiet. He has to go and find a Nathaniel. And even after Nathaniel questions whether what Philip said could actually be true, that still doesn't stop Philip's joy, does it? He, he, he can't help but invite Nathaniel. Come and see. And then take a look at Nathaniel's joy. When he realizes who Jesus is, that joy exclaims, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. What joy. Let's recapture genuine joy in Jesus. That's the theme we want to focus on here this morning. We want to recapture genuine joy in Jesus. Now there's an old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And we see that in the basketball illustration we started with. Taking time off from a sport can make us all the more eager for it. Or, or just think about the, the daily habit of eating. If we skip a meal, we're hungrier for the next. And even being away from someone who is very dear to us can lead us to appreciate just how precious and important they are to us since we so often take people for granted when they're around us all the time. So is this, this idea of separation, of having time off, is that the solution to, find, to recapture joy in Jesus? Do we need to have scheduled time off from him, time off from going to church, or time off from reading our Bible, or coming to communion, or remembering our baptism, or talking to him in prayer? Will that make us all the more appreciative of Jesus? Now, there is some appeal to that line of thinking. And, in fact, our experiences some, uh, can, can, can uh, seem to back that up as well. You might know someone who fell away from church, but after they came back, they had all the more joy, zeal, and energy for the Lord's work. Or maybe you've noticed in yourself that after you've missed church or communion for a while, it seems all the more meaningful when you finally get the chance to come back. And even in, in my personal life, I, I know that when I've neglected my daily Bible reading for a while, then when I finally come back to it, there seems to be more spark there than when I trailed off. So do we need that time of separation? Do we need to have time off from Jesus occasionally so we appreciate him all the more? Now, so far we've been looking at human analogies and experiences. Maybe we need to take a closer look at what Jesus says here. He says to Philip, follow me. He doesn't say, follow me until you need a break. He doesn't say, follow me, but, but not too closely. He says, follow me. Follow me from this point onward. Follow me continuously and always follow me. In fact, when you read through the Gospels, the most terrifying words Jesus speaks are the opposite of those two words, follow me. His most terrifying words are, depart from me. For you see, separation is never part of his plan for his people. Follow me, he says. And how closely does he want us to follow him? Well, in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and I will remain in you. 
And you know what happens when a branch is separated from the vine. Thinking that we need time off from Jesus is playing with fire. In fact, God makes it clear. He threatens that if people persistently neglect his word, taking time off, he will take his word away. And then what hope is there? Yes, separation is not the way to find or to recapture genuine joy in Jesus. But what about those experiences we mentioned earlier? What about how after a time away, Jesus and the gospel does seem to be more meaningful? When we've been away from God's word or, or the sacrament, how, how come that is? Well, dear friends, that joy there, that joy in, in, in coming back is due to God's mercy. Don't give separation the credit for it. You see, despite our wandering away, in spite of us being sheep that like to stray, the Good Shepherd nevertheless came and found us and put us on his shoulders and brought us back. What joy! That's where that joy comes from, not from the separation, but from the shepherd finding us. When I see how, my, how, sin, how sinful my negligence has been, then what joy that the Lord forgives me yet once again and even gives me his body and blood to drive out my doubts. Why would we want to abuse God's grace or tempt his mercy? For you see, it's, it's not the separation that makes us appreciate Jesus more, but it's seeing how much we need him. It's seeing how he welcomes us back as the good shepherd that he is. Not only welcomes us back, but he's the one that has found us and brought us back. We don't want to tempt God's grace here. And if you want to look at real-world experience, how many have taken time off from Jesus and, and never come back? And so, dear friends, rejoice in how the Lord welcomes us back. And don't mistake that welcoming back of us sinners as a reason for us to go wandering off or separating ourselves from him or taking time off. Those are just human, false human notions. Separation is not the answer. It does not bring joy. So then how? How do we recapture genuine joy in Jesus? Well, let's go back to John chapter 1 here and see where the joy came from in these disciples. When we look at the verses before the text, those first disciples were drawn to Jesus by the testimony of John the Baptist. He pointed to Jesus and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Keep that in mind. Next, take a look at Nathaniel and consider his reaction to, what, uh, to, to, to Jesus' words, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Now, we don't know 
what Nathaniel was thinking about under that tree. But whatever it was, the connection that Jesus makes there is enough to ignite such joy in Nathaniel that he exclaims, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And so, basing it on, on his reaction and, and on what the scriptures say, I think it's safe to suppose that Nathaniel under that fig tree was thinking about and contemplating God's word of promise concerning the Messiah, the divine king. For you see, Nathaniel, it's evident from the text here that Nathaniel knew his scriptures. He was well versed in the Old Testament and that's why he knew that the Old Testament did not specifically name Nazareth in connection to the Messiah and so he questioned how the fulfillment of God's good promises could come from Nazareth. He was devoted to those scriptures. Why else would Jesus say about him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, for Nathanael had wholeheartedly filled his mind and soul with God's word. And what is that word of truth that brings us joy in Jesus? What was Nathanael mulling over and contemplating under that fig tree? how much he needed the Messiah. God's word made clear that we cannot save ourselves. God's word made clear to him how great his sin was. He needed the Lamb of God, not only the daily sacrificial lambs offered again and again. No, he needed the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Nothing else could remove his guilt. Nothing else could bring him close to God. He needed the Messiah the anointed Savior King. And here he was, that Savior King, that Messiah promised to Adam and Eve, to Noah, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to David. Here he was right in front of Nathanael's eyes. No, doubt, no wonder his joy exclaims, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. What joy. And yet, there'd be even greater joy. Jesus says to Nathanael, I tell you the truth. You will see even greater things than these. Truly I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Yes, those promises and prophecies that Nathaniel had been contemplating under the fig tree, he would see them unfolded as he witnessed the works of Jesus. He would see Jesus himself bridge that chasm between us and heaven. He would see Jesus bridging that chasm, being the ladder. For you see, it is our sin that barred heaven from us, our sin that cast us down. And Nathaniel would witness Jesus taking away that sin by sacrificing himself as the Son of Man in our place on the cross. As the sacrificial Lamb of God, Jesus would open up paradise to all who believe, to all who trust his word of promise that declares to you and me, you, your sins are pardoned, you are forgiven because of Jesus. Yes, he is that bridge, that ladder. For you see, only Jesus brings his people to heaven. And that, dear friends, 
And that is the way we recapture genuine joy in Jesus, isn't it? We don't need a fig tree, but like Nathaniel, contemplate God's word. Think about what that word says. God's law exposes our sinfulness. It exposes just how deep our sins have plunged us. And so often our joy in Jesus diminishes because we don't see how much we need him, how bad we are. And that's why part of contemplation is looking deep into our own hearts. But not with the rose-colored glasses of humanity. Rather, look through the microscope of God's commandments and see how great your sin is compared to God's holiness. And then see Jesus. Yes, dear friends, what joy to see Jesus when we know the depths of our own sinfulness. Listen to those words of Philip. Come and see. Contemplate what Jesus has done for you. Contemplate how he, the Son of God, came down from heaven to raise us from the depths of our sin. Come and see. Contemplate his body that carried your sins to the cross. Contemplate his blood that was poured out for you the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Contemplate his forgiveness that reconciles you to God. Come and see. Contemplate your adoption into his family. Contemplate your inheritance in Christ. Contemplate how your King, Jesus, reigns in your heart through his word, and you reign with him forever. Come and see, and so recapture genuine joy in Jesus. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.